Hey there, welcome to this Real Life Church podcast. My name is Josh DeGroote, and I am glad you're joining us. In this podcast, we're making our way through the New City Catechism. This particular catechism is a modern tool, a modern resource that was put together, I think, in 2017, but it follows the the basic pattern of catechism with question and answer and scripture, which is helpful. Um, One thing that's unique about this particular catechism is is it borrows from historical creeds and confessions and, and formulates questions and answers in more modern language and attaches scripture, of course, to it. Uh, creeds, confessions, catechisms are only as good as they're tethered to the Bible. They must be tethered to the Bible. They must get their 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 answers to the questions from the Scripture. And I think the New City Catechism is very helpful in that regard. And quite frankly, in the day that we live in, where there is ignorance about biblical truth, even among many church-going folks, and there is confusion that abounds. And there is, quite frankly, just loads and loads of deception in our day. I can't think of a more important thing for faithful Christians to do and faithful churches to do than to seek to be grounded in the basic and foundational truths of our faith, things that we know are non-negotiable. And so that's one of the uh, one of the motivations for make for going through the New City Catechism is is for, as a body of believers at Real Life Church is to work toward a common confession. These are things we believe. These are things we confess. These are truths we're going to stand on. The last uh, the last few weeks we've talked a lot about God as Creator. Uh, Question two, what is God? God is the creator and sustainer of everyone and everything. Question four was, how and why did God create us? God created us male and female in his own image to glorify him. Last week, the question was, what else did God create? God created all things, and all things he created are very good, and all things flourished under his loving rule. Well, here in question six, which is what we're covering today, we're going to switch gears just a bit. We're going to talk about us as God's creatures, how we are to live before him. And the question is this, how can we glorify God? Can you think of of a more uh, just pointed question that we need to be able to answer? If we were created for God's glory, this is a massively important question. How can we glorify God? And here's the answer. We glorify God by enjoying him, loving him, trusting him, and obeying his will, commands, and law. I love this answer because it it says that we glorify God. Essentially, it says we glorify God with our hearts, with our heads, and with our actions. We glorify him with our hearts, or you might say affections with our heads or with our thinking or cognitive faculties and with our actions and what we actually do. So let's let's look at this answer again more closely. Because we were made by God, we exist to live for his glory, of course. And so how are we to do this? Well, the first part of the answer might surprise us. We glorify God by enjoying him. Think about what this is saying. It's calling us to joy, to real and eternal enjoyment. John Piper uh, came up with the line that the chief end of man is to glorify God by 
enjoying him forever. So in Piper's mind, and I think I think you can back this up scripturally, the, the chief way that we glorify God is by enjoying him, by finding him to be our ultimate source of joy and satisfaction. Because God is the greatest and most glorious of all beings, to enjoy him is to experience the deepest joy imaginable. We do not glorify God by dutifully doing what we don't really feel like doing. That doesn't glorify him. We enjoy, or excuse me, we glorify him chiefly by enjoying him. In the Psalms, we're commanded to delight ourselves in the Lord. But what follows from enjoying him is that we glorify God by loving him. Of course, the first and greatest commandment that we're told in Deuteronomy 6, Jesus repeats it, of course, in the Gospels, is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. So we cannot glorify God if we don't love him. But then we glorify God by trusting him, specifically by trusting his promises, by trusting what he says. Personal belief in scripture, I think, is what this is pointing to. We believe what God has spoken and what he's spoken once for all and what he's spoken authoritatively or what he speaks authoritatively in his word. We're to trust what God reveals of himself, what he reveals to us about us, about our need, about his provision for perfect salvation through Christ. We're to trust him. And then, of course, here at the end, we're to glor- we glorify God by obeying him. But it's obedience to God that flows from enjoying him and loving him and trusting him. Jesus said, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. And this actually helps to define biblical obedience for us. True obedience springs from enjoyment, love, and trust of God. If we just dutifully do what God commands, but we do it begrudgingly, or we do it out of fear that God's going to punish us if we don't, or even if we primarily obey God out of some motivation to get something from him, it's not true obedience. True obedience springs from or flows from enjoyment of God and love of God and trust of God. And it's not just a matter of feeling. There are times we may not feel like doing what, we, what we're called to do, but because we love God, we do it. Because he's our ultimate joy, we do it. Because we trust that what he says is true and what he tells us to do is good for us, we do it. So it springs from that motivation. And so how can we glorify God? We glorify God by enjoying him, loving him, trusting him, and obeying his will, commands, and law. The scripture for question six is out of Deuteronomy chapter 11, verse one, which says, you shall therefore love the Lord your God and keep his charge, his statutes, his rules, and his commandments always. Father in heaven, I pray that you would give us a zeal to live for your glory, to enjoy you, to love you, to trust you, and to be obedient in all things. An obedience that flows from, that springs from this enjoyment and love and trust. I pray this in Christ's name. Amen.